The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. And we're back with an all-new episode of Keep It. I am Ira Gates. Oh, you just moved right on up into that family. Really? Yeah, into the echelon. Mm-hmm. Child of Bill and Melinda. Am I being <laughs> correct? Not Matt Gates. Not Matt Gates. <laughs> no, Ira Gates. I saw a lot of people sliding into his posting, like, screenshots of them sliding into Bill Gates's Instagram DMs because... He and Melinda are divorcing, uh, and I just want people to hang it up. I mean, it's me. I win. Got it. I'm, 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 I'm the new boo. <laughs> I'm Louis Fertel, and I do want to say I'm glad there's a spotlight on the name Melinda again. Some of my favorite celebrities named Melinda. Melinda Doolittle, Doolittle from American Idol. Her, her performance of My Funny Valentine, my number one favorite performance in all of Idol history. <laughs> you are always bringing up that little nugget. She's so short. She oh, was she? She really brought it, and we yeah. somehow we thought she was not as good as Blake Lewis at the time. So yeah. uh, we can always continue writing that. She was cute and shaped like the green M M&M. and M, and had the same sultriness. First of all, the green yeah. M M&M and mm-hmm. M is sexy. I know, and I I'm kind of dressed like the green M M&M and M today. I don't mm-hmm. know about you. Uh, Melinda's my favorite um, white name that has like a latent Latin flair. Like if you said it like Melinda. Mm. Melinda. <laughs> oh, 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 hello. I'm Aida Osman. I am back this week. Hi guys. I miss you all so dearly. I had such a hard time finding my podcasting stuff this morning because I haven't recorded in six years. You were close to death. Truly. <laughs> and the recovery process has been so just disgusting and tumultuous. Like sometimes I'll feel totally fine. I got my tonsils taken out, guys. Mm-hmm. And then like now I'm in the phase where it's healing from the trauma of it. Like mm-hmm. the, the scabs are falling off and it's <laughs> painful all over again. I do not remember my tonsils being taken out. It's like one of those things that obviously happened when I was much younger. Um, not in mm-hmm. my early As 20s. As it should have. A bunch of my friends have gotten it out in their early 20s like you. But uh, it's it's one of those things that you experience when you're much younger that you don't really have that much of a memory for. I think mm-hmm. I have more memory of visiting my um, gay uncle and his partner uh, in Chicago when I had, like, chicken pox, I think. All I remember maybe <laughs> about my tonsils is lying in bed, um, being brought Sprite, mm. um, the, the, the black um, healing aid, <laughs> and um, ginger, ginger ale, obviously, uh, and also, like, some ice cream. I just remember moaning about yeah. pain a lot. A lot of popsicles and ice cream, and yeah, I was I was a walking smoothie for. I still am. I'm still trying to eat solid food. I still have my tonsils because, as you know, I need them for my incredible singing voice. Um, mm. And <laughs> you are Aida. I sing Aida. That's the difference between the two of us. Um, no, I the, my the, my only similar memory is when I was 18. I had my wisdom teeth out, and I did not understand what Vicodin was. The good shit. I was told, oh, you might feel loopy. <laughs> and I was like, I, f- I took it and felt pain-free but normal otherwise. And then we had relatives over at our house that we never see. And I, for some reason, had to dance in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't explain. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm literally still sorry to them. It was so wild. Lewis dancing on Vicodin. Yeah. Not, the pr- not the proof of concept for Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Right. Origin story. Woof. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no. But I'm feeling much better. I'm here to talk my shit. I'm so, oh, I'm so glad to hear it. We missed you, girl. You guys had fun, though. I listened to last week's episode. I get jealous when it's fun and I'm not there. But I understand. <laughs> we went off about what, like reality shows of the past or something with mm-hmm. Ray Sano. Mm-hmm. You have no choice but to go there. Ray's yeah. hilarious. Yes. The screaming. The screaming is always my, my favorite part. Also, side note, you mentioning your tonsils. I talked to Lewis about my tonsils getting out like on Oscars Day. And it took me like 30 minutes to remember that I got my tonsils out, was on drugs. And the next day sat through the movie Rain of Fire. With Christian Bale. Right. Mm. One of his not even middle tier movies. Torture? You wanted more torture. At the age I was in high school, I thought it was going to be a very dope movie and I could not wait to see it. (laughs) I love dragons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm glad you're back, Aida, because we are going to talk about our girl this week. Miss who? Miss Billie Eilish. Miss Billie Eilish. We've retired (laughs) Eilish. The corset is here. She's Eilish. She was (laughs) stomping on the hose on the cover of British Vogue. And now she's hosting the Met Gala. So, Mm -mm. you know, she's she's winning. Really, truly. And of course, I'm going to argue with Lewis about the new song, which I can already predict he does not like. <laughs> it does strike me as a little songless. Yes, I do have a bit of a problem with it. <laughs> oh, mm. I'm getting flashbacks to the James Bond song. And oh, how yeah. Strongly Lewis felt Part two. About that. Mm. Yeah, right. Remember when, right. You, when you berated a 17 year old for her work? <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe she learned from me. So, how about uh, that? <laughs> uh, stop being chuggy, Lewis. Oh, is that coming up too? Oh, God. I'm just going to give people. I'm just going to give people a warning that that is my keep it this week. So mm-hmm. I'm going in. If you haven't read your New York Times editorials on new buzzwords, which by the way is the chuggiest way to learn about a buzzword, um, <laughs> <laughs> we also have um, three people calling in today to get dating advice from us because it, we are vaxxed and the summer is coming and everyone's horny. Yeah, and we're all in such sustainable relationships with right. people we love. I would describe myself <laughs> as almost religiously single, so this is really their <laughs> fault. <laughs> These are dumb people. Yeah, Honestly, my longest relationship is with y'all. Woof. Oh, God. Well. <laughs> and we're pushing that. And yeah. we're pushing that. Listen, I've been doing this every week for almost four years. Oh, oh my goodness. No, Aida, it really should disturb you. I mean, how <laughs> many babies do. How many accents? How many takes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and also, we will be joined by the wonderful Jason Concepcion to discuss anything, everything. We're going to do it all. So It's always nice to have a crooked person in the house. We rarely do that mm-hmm. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, we, we make them go on, like, love it or leave it. Right. Well, yeah. my, mom, my, mom, my mother had a saying when I was younger, don't shit where you eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happening today. Get ready. All right. Let's get the show started. He is the Emmy Award-winning co-host of Crooked's new-ish sports podcast, Take Line, and the host of the YouTube series, All Caps NBA. Please welcome Jason Concepcion to talk to us about sports, pop culture, Ben Affleck, and truly everything else that's going on right now. 
Thank you for having me. Uh, it is a delight and an honor to be here. Welcome. Also, that you work for this network and also have an Emmy. I just, what are we doing, the three of us, if we don't have a fucking Emmy? It's really upsetting to me. Where do you keep it? Where is it? Truly nothing. You have to submit for it. So, like, let's get uh, let's get the marketing department on that mm. and say, hey, we have a we have a great sizzle reel. We have a particular episode that we think is great. Let's submit. Okay. Mm. <laughs> as long as you think I have a chance. Yeah. Shout out to your you know your extensive knowledge of sports. Like, I, you have to have. I had to Google what MLB stood for last week. That's just that's where we're at. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Look. That is not my job. That is not my job. <laughs> you stay up on like sports, but also pop culture too. Yes. I love that though, because I feel like pop culture, you know, tends to be, you know, sort of like the equalizer for a lot of people. You know, there's people who are into yeah. politics and then pop culture, sports and then pop mm-hmm. culture, um, whatever shit the three of us are into. And then pop culture. Chaos and then pop culture. Candles. Yeah. Uh, Poppers. It's all the same to me. I love the drama. I That's the thing about sports that I like. I love the drama. Mm-hmm. Like, I like numbers and all that stuff. But, like, I also love when, for whatever reason, two players just don't like each other. Why don't they like... What is going on? What's the thing? Mm-hmm. That's the stuff I really like. And that's the, like that's what draws me to pop culture as well. I just like drama. I will say that um, that's one where I'm really looking forward to um, the... Lakers series um, that's coming out on HBO, like set in the 80s. I'm like, I want yeah. 80s, L.A., drug use, players hating each other. That's right. Um, Sally Field, want all of that. Yeah, all of it. I have like have like a sort of relationship with sports, just, you know, like growing up black in the Midwest. Uh, so, you know, we would always watch the Bulls. Um, we didn't care about the Bucks until I left Milwaukee, <laughs> but now I care about them and love watching their games. Super Bowl and stuff we'd always watch because we love the Packers, except my mom was always inexplicably a Cowboys fan. Hmm. That was her being different. I was like, I'm going to be gay. She was like, I'm going to argue with our family <laughs> and say I love the Cowboys. My mama also loves the Cowboys for no reason. I don't know why. Yeah. I, think I, I don't know where it came from or anything. Do you have particular sports fandoms that defy logic like they're not from where you're from or whatever and you just decided that's my team all mine are from where i'm from so it's like mm-hmm. you know the knicks the mets mm-hmm. the new york red bulls and that kind of stuff but so, then, yeah yeah what is that kansas what is that? New, york city, <laughs> new york city and then all my moms uh, are i think my mom's uh, thinking about it were specifically chosen to be like against what my stepdad's uh, sports teams were like she likes the Cowboys mm. and he liked the Jets. So she likes drama too. She <laughs> likes drama as well. I feel like what I love about sports is the drama. Like the reason I would even get into watching like the Lakers at first is because my friend Sam um, Greisman would always be like, okay, so this person doesn't like this person. Yes. They have a feud with this. I mean, that's why the last dance was so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people get into sports teams that are in a different state, probably my mom doing this, because, yeah, it creates drama in their household, right? They're like, I'm not going to like the sports team that everyone else in my family and my friends love. It allows men, straight men, to access drama in a way that is socially acceptable. You know how, like, a watch is, like, jewelry for men, but men don't think about it as jewelry because, Mm. like, for men, jewelry has to do something. Like, it has to have Mm. a, a use, even though it's, like, a... $30,000 $30,000 like gold Rolex that's glittering with mm-hmm. diamonds in it. It's not jewelry. I think it has a bracelet. It, 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 it's a bracelet. 
but you can tell time on it. Therefore, it's not mm-hmm. jewelry, right? Like that's mm. what sports is for like many many guys is like uh, straight men soap opera. I also have to appreciate it's a good way into like appreciating a colorway. Yeah, because every man cave I've ever been in, like. Oh, I know you're a Steelers fan because it's black and yes. yellow all over the place. Like, mm. why don't you just say you enjoy interior design? I'm so <laughs> sick of this. So I think, I think you're right. There's just a lot of different ways to access femininity through yeah. sports. Aida, I like you pitching an interior design show that's um, centered around <laughs> sports. Uh, <laughs> you know we can sell that in a week. LeBron's next great designer. <laughs> I feel like that's the one thing that's really great about the Olympics is, well, I guess you could say this is a, a positive and a negative, but like they sell the personal stories of everybody involved so hard. You could you yeah. could say that they're like a, a, a bit too um, cliche sometimes, or mm. um, I don't know about dishonest, but like playing on the heartstrings in the same familiar way again and again. But that always gets me involved. That way, when I'm watching, yeah. you know, who, what, whatever gymnast go up I'm like looking at the fire in their eyes and I'm like I'm thinking about where they were born and their relationship with their supportive mother you know like I'm so into it I'm like familiar with their shoulder scars and where they got them yeah (laughs) you know you you could there was a a point on American Idol where like you know like as soon as you were introduced to someone and it was like their mom died weeks ago (laughs) yeah you know they're going to Hollywood (laughs) (laughs) Uh, speaking of Hollywood and the pop culture we were talking about before, you mentioned breaking some pop culture news um, oh. to someone recently, and Aida doesn't know it yet. So I want you to explain this to her. Break it again. I'm gonna. I'm ready to break it again. So yesterday, as we're we're taping this on Tuesday, yesterday uh, it broke that a influencer, Instagram model slash TikToker named Naveen Jay had been approached by one Ben Affleck on the app Raya, the celebrity dating app Raya. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the story is she didn't believe it was him, so she unmatched with him. And then he sent her a video that was like, it's me, Ben Affleck, uh, from Goodwill Hunting in the town. Uh, <laughs> why did you unmatch with me? And she put it on blast. She put it on TikTok. And the way, first of all, Ben, I'll just say this. Obviously, there's an age difference. We can we can unpack that in a bit. Ben looked great in the video. I'll just say mm-hmm. that. He looked good. And he says, the way he says, it's me. Why did you unmatch with me? In the bat, like Batman. <laughs> like he's sounding like Batman when he does it, is will haunt me legitimately for the rest of my days. Naveen, why did you unmatch me? It's me. No. No. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. And the fact what? that she put it out is, is crazy. He looks good, but the camera angle where he's just holding the phone right in front of his face yeah. and his like chin is over the camera. Yeah. His like angles are Easter Island statue and he yes. still looks great. It's like FaceTiming with my mom. Guys, I, I here I feel for him. Yes. <laughs> I feel for him because I feel like he's trying to be like funny and ironic and like flirt with this girl, take her to Dunkin' mm. Donuts. I don't fucking know. But like <laughs> what? Why? What? This It just gets misconstrued into this. I mean, it's creepy either way. It's Ben Affleck, but God. I will say that uh, I have a Raya account uh, and yeah. for gays, it's mostly hairdressers. Uh, and makeup <laughs> artists. Um, That's so quaint. Uh, so it's a, I work for a celebrity app if you're gay, but I will say that like that's probably a common thing that he goes through, right? And probably other male mm-hmm. celebrities, it's probably like people are like, oh, they're fake. Right. And they yeah, unmatch right. them. But also 
it almost seems like it was a like her TikTok. I watched it. It was sort of like, oh my god, like what did I do? You know, sort of that. Um, yeah. Uh, Melania Giudice thing, like uh, <laughs> waking up in the morning, yeah. <laughs> thinking of something good, and it's like, um, if it, you're on Raya, though, it, I feel like it would be harder to fake being Ben Affleck on that. Totally, you can't. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Mm. Yeah, isn't there an extensive verification? So I don't know if I believe um, her story that she unmatched him because she didn't think it was him. I feel like she did it for some sort of knowing that maybe she'd get a story or something out of it because it's, like, it's not like it was Hinge or you know like Tinder. Right. Like it was. It's Raya. It, they verify the hell out of you. Mm-hmm. It was clearly for the cloud. Let's get that yeah. absolutely straight. And it's a shame that this Call happened. the city girls because she's clout chasing. 100% it was for the clout. Um, and and yes, you're exactly right. Like to get into Raya, first of all, someone needs to grandfather you in. It needs to be mm-hmm. like you have to know somebody on the platform who will vouch for you as a notable person to be on the platform. Thank you, Sam Lansky, who did that for me. Uh, and then I also listed... Ira, if you don't add me... I have a pass. I'll get you on it. I also listed Raven Simone as a... Um, <laughs> uh, you are as a psycho. One, and who I do not know. Um, so maybe I scammed my way on the ride. Yeah. Did the vouch come in? Did she, did she vouch for you? I don't know. They probably sent her an email. to. They, they send you... An, I, people have... I've gotten emails from people right. who want who um, listed me as a person to vouch for them, and basically, like you can respond saying you don't vouch for them, but also if you ignore it, um, they probably don't do anything to the app. So, like that email probably went to Raven's um, filter. <laughs> I was on it for a while. I thank you to Tommy Alter, who's the co-host of the Old Man and the Three podcast, and, and I love Tommy, a, a great a great human being. Uh, he just <laughs> he texted me like out of the blue. No context at like 11.30 p.m. Like, yo, you want to be on Raya? That was it. <laughs> <laughs> like a shady this is your shot. That was it. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> well, because for if you have the app, um, like they will routinely send you like a friend pass to give to people right. that expires, you know, in like a certain amount of time. So basically you'll get them, yeah, at like 11 p.m. And you think okay, who would I? Who wants a Raya pass? But by the way, this is also like a really great advertisement for Raya because it's just, oh yeah, Ben Affleck really saw you. Like you yeah. really yeah. are interacting with him, you know? Uh, well, I got nothing, listen, I got, there was zero dates out of it, but like I used it mainly as a way to be like, oh, what famous people are on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, looking for love. Who mm-hmm. Who's out here? Who'd you see? I didn't see anybody that good, unfortunately. I tried. Uh, and you can't screenshot either. You cannot. They You cannot. Yeah, if you try to screenshot a profile, it tells you, like, don't do that. And if you do it right. again, you're blocked. That's right. That's when I'm taking out the second phone, the burner phone, and taking <laughs> photos of the screen. <laughs> I mean, that's how people found out Army yeah. Hammer had an account because someone took a photo of their friend's phone, Yeah, basically. Yeah. I'll do it like a pilgrim. I don't care. <laughs> Did you get anything out of it? I see Justin Tranter on it, but we didn't, we didn't message. Girl, are we being are we are we doing this? We Chelsea didn't Handler, I saw on it. Chelsea Handler. Okay, she had oh, something okay. in her bio about like the wind in her house with the with the windows open, something like that. Uh, it didn't match, but I did see her on there. That was the best one I saw. I've, someone I've remember said they saw Moby on it. You know, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Moby, that's a tough. I am still haunted by Moby's um, cribs. Where Ooh, he yeah. lived in, he lived in a very minimalist, as in there was no furniture in the house, and he That's it seemed to just be wood everywhere. I don't know how somebody could 
function in that environment. But is that that sounds like a Fred Armisen SNL sketch that doesn't yeah. sound like <laughs> a real episode of Chris. No guarantee he's not like the jig will be up in five years and it turns out he's Fred Armisen. Like it could happen. I was just gonna say I'm still haunted by Moby uh, claiming that he dated Natalie Portman for right. a time. Yeah. Like in his bio. That not claiming. <laughs> yeah, I've, I mean, <laughs> Billy Eilish would have some things to say about that. <laughs> I forgot all about that. She was that. definitely still yet a girl. Yes. <laughs> Far from a woman. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I also have some thoughts about Moby's restaurant, Little Pine. Yeah. In LA. Oh. You know, it's it's the the mac and cheese is actually bomb for um white vegan mac and cheese, but there's a lot going on there. He had a tea shop in New York. T-N-Y, T-New York, mm. that I thought was good and that I used to go into, actually. They had like uh, mm. their own uh, uh, lines of teas that they, mm. uh, that they steeped and sold. And then they had like mm. bottled tea, like Snapple, like, like, you know, like white bougie Snapple, basically. Uh, mm. And I thought, I, I thought that was good for a period of time in my life. T-N-Y reminds me of the spelling of R.I.P., Britney Spears' restaurant, um, L-A-N-Y. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Not sophisticated. She had restaurant. She had a restaurant in L.A. and New York, Aida, at some point back in the day, and it was spelled L-A-N-Y. Lani. Yes. Jesus. I'm sure it was better than Justin Timberlake's awful restaurant, Southern Comfort, oh. where I did have a birthday. I did have a birthday party there once. I don't want to stretch out this Moby conversation too far, but I will say. Southside with Gwen Stefani was so overplayed at the time that only now can I listen to it and enjoy it. I do think it's a good song now. <laughs> it is a great song. One more Moby thought. I am over here trying to find his height because there's no reason for both. Is he notoriously short? Why are both restaurants like a play on smallness? Mm. What's mm. going on here? Wow. You're like the Riddler. <laughs> My two main memories of Moby are, well, one, that one song where Eminem like had referenced him like sucking his own dick, right? Yeah, yeah. and in sync, yeah. uh, and um, seeing him DJ once pre joining Crooked, um, it was a fundraiser for Hillary's campaign. Wow, at the Abbey, um, hosted by um, Crooked's very own John Favreau, and Moby was DJing. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, I'm glad I missed. <laughs> Sounds like a Raya launch event. Uh, yeah. It really does. <laughs> Moby, John Favreau, Hillary Clinton, who's not here. <laughs> but she sends her love. Oh my God. Uh, anyway, I'm thinking of Ben in this trying time. It's been a weird period of time for him, obviously, post rehab, post uh, divorce, post various uh, relationships kind of crumbling. The fact that his struggles at the gate of his house with various packages have become so like <laughs> uh, so important to our uh, daily pop cultural diet is yeah. must be a weird thing for him although mm. i believe that those are set up people are like oh absolutely so, absolutely those are 100% set up they were the adult Sean and Camila. Yes. You know, walking around the city. Truly. Walking around the city like, oh, look at the paparazzi's here. And then I'm like struggling to carry all these packages, but also Dunkin' Donuts. Um, Yes. But Mm -hmm. the the beautiful thing to come out of this was the paparazzi shots of him hanging out with um, J-Lo again. And you know what? I'm ready to usher that era back in. Remake remake Geely. 
Remake Geely, but make it good. I hope that happens again. It, that was a love affair uh, for the ages to remember. And mm. one of like the really iconic and pioneering like celeb couples, one of the first, if not the first, like uh, portmanteau of names mm-hmm. as a couple, I think. Mm, Benefer. Like, I don't know if there was one before that. And also, mm-hmm. um, when, no, when I saw those pictures of him with Jennifer Lopez with the just the world's highest ponytail, like Ariana Grande found that in a ditch. It really took me back to exactly that time. Like I remember yeah. I was in high school. I literally had the thought when I saw those pictures, God, I miss Room Raiders. Like it took me exactly to that year. You know, the Jenny from the Block video still uh, a weirdly it was not a huge hit for her, but really mm. like kind of a banger song for her. Cause, and such a return to form because I fucking hated her second album. Mm, I do love a link up between two Leos, though. I'm worried. J-Lo and Ben Affleck are both Leos, and A-Rod was a Leo, too. I was sad to see two Leos breaking up, um, but the power, it, it, can't, it can't be denied. Yeah, you can't have two lines in a pen. You can't. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's that 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 was the original pitch That's, for keep it me and Lewis as Leos and Aida and Aida I know you got some Leo placements I just found out I have a Leo rising which changes everything <laughs> which makes which makes all this vanity make a lot of sense Ma'am you were sounding like Aesop for a minute with that lion's <laughs> wisdom Jesus Christ uh, Jason yes um before you go, the podcast, yeah. Take Line, yes. Wh- what are people going to get from it? And are you telling them about the sports drama that we need to know? Like, if I'm listening, will it be like me getting like a general hospital recap? Uh, it's not quite that. The cool thing is, uh, I, I co-host it with Renee Montgomery, who's a two-time WNBA champion. So she mm. gives you. How that, do we get that? Uh, she gets you the perspective <laughs> right. of what it was like. She had a great. Uh, she was mm. telling me the other day on the pod. You know that uh, it, it, in terms of feuds, like she played with players who had things against other players, like that went back to grade school for whatever reason. Mm. They couldn't even unpack stuff that some of these, uh, where some of these feuds came from. That I found that really interesting. So you get that perspective of what it's like actually to be one of these athletes on mm. the court all the time, having to deal with trades, having to deal with feuds, etc. Okay. Is it drama that stays on on the court, the field? I mean, I'm not trying to be dumb again. I'm trying, I'm trying to include, include all the sports. A lot of times, like that's stuff that will kick off, like when it'll kick off once again when when two teams uh, play each other and the players from either team have something have something in their histories with uh, with another with an opposing player. Mm. And a lot of times, that can stretch back years and years and years back to back to like grade school and AAU. And amateur basketball. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of the short-lived television series Necessary Roughness. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, where she played a sports psychotherapist. (laughs) Job must be interesting. (laughs) Made up. (laughs) (laughs) It was USA, okay? (laughs) Yeah. If you could send us send the listeners away with like a a great pivotal sports movie or television show to start Ooh. watching or watch, what would you recommend for the kiddos? Oh, right now, like on Netflix, if you just want to see the struggle, like Last Chance You, mm-hmm. any of the seasons, the most of the seasons about have been about like amateur football in the past, but uh, the current one is about. Uh, players on a JUCO basketball team in Los Angeles 
and it's like this is you know they all have the talent to play at a higher level but but they're a junior college because something in their life something about uh, the way they approach life is a little off and can they figure it out can they can they like transcend a lot of the traumas in their life and get to that place that they want to be at it's extremely compelling and it is an amazing watch oh i'm glad to hear it Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thank you. Well, thank you for joining us, Jason. So not remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. Greatest sports, maybe the greatest sports speech in in movie history. Mm. I think my favorite sports movie is uh, The Bad News Bears, the original one with Mm. Walter Matthau and Tatum O'Neill. That's a a great Slay movie, yeah. I love the Air Buds, all of the Air Buds. Oh, sure. Yes. Mm -hmm. When Air Bud gets into curling by the eighth adventure, yeah. (laughs) I love... um, Ashanti and Coach Carter. Mm. Uh, and, you know, um, Keanu Reeves in The Replacements. Ashanti, Long Island legend. Mm. Shouts to Glenn Cove. Uh, <laughs> he will always think of you. Yeah. Uh, and also Keanu and Hardball. Two sports movies. Nice. Hardball's not that great, though. It's a lot of, a lot of white savior tropes. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> thank you for being here, Jason. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, and the podcast is Take Line. It's on Crooked. So check it out. If you know how to find keep if you know how to find keep it, you know how to find take line. That's right. Keep it is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis. Yes. When you see footprints in the sand. That was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And <laughs> I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Last week, Miss Billie Eilish released the self-directed music video for her new single, Your Power, and then she took her new blonde locks across the pond for a bombshell cover shoot for British Vogue. It's her elegance era. It's her era. (laughs) Desert tones, Rick Owens, hyping up mountains she did not need to be on to sing about toxic men. (laughs) (laughs) This is it. 
that's what I think of when I think of elegance. Just like mm-hmm. on a mountain talking about men. I need a corset. <laughs> I, I need a corset as well. It's her I'm not a girl, not yet a woman video. You know what I mean? I'm, mm. I'm out here by myself, except Britney was not. The, interesting. She's mixing Britney imagery because yes. she's in the desert. But then there's the snake, which is from the I'm a Slave for You VMA performance. So in a mm-hmm. way, oh. this is, I can say I'm, I'm Britney Melange secretly. Mm-hmm. There's a large hair change as well. And, and the blonde. Mm-hmm. Like we, we haven't talked that much about the blonde, but I love it. And I love that she wore a wig at the Grammys to hide the blonde <laughs> hair. She was really prepping. She was really prepping for the reveal. And I appreciate yeah. someone who preps for a reveal. I love that she's put so much effort into the distinction of these two eras too. Like mm-hmm. I was watching I finally got around to watching The World's a Little Blurry, the Billie Eilish documentary that we've talked mm-hmm. about kind of briefly on here. And just seeing I just remember spending the first hour and a half being like, when is the green and black coming? When is the green <laughs> and black coming? Like her hair is so iconic and representative of whatever era she's going through. And I think I just thank her for carving out that space for the girls mm-hmm. for us to know. That ecto cooler colored hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, now it will be harder for people to impersonate her in Los Angeles. Yeah. Which is great. Right. Because you just see a blonde. You're Please not. Some of you, you did not see some clones. You saw Billy clones? There was that whole story in the news about people like, because it's like a, such a distinct look, and that was her covering up era. And we'll talk about, you know, her quotes on that in the Vogue interview. But basically, it was just like, you could have the green hair put on some big-ass Gucci sunglasses and wear, like, you know, sort of, like, big clothes draped around you, some JNCO yeah. jeans, and people would think that you were Billie Eilish. <laughs> like, there were people walking around, like, Venice Beach and the boardwalk and shit. Oh, yeah. And then she was like, guys, please don't do that to my fans. <laughs> also, <laughs> I don't go outside, so mm. you can guarantee mm. it's not me. Also, by the way, though, I find it is actually somewhat rare that you have the Madonna phenomenon of people dressing up to look exactly like somebody. So I mm-hmm. welcome that back because that's a familiar version of standing that mm. I think is cool. Like, just like I'm putting the effort in. It's not just I'm defending them to the death and being, you know, racist to people online the way that that era of weird Lady Gaga fans were. I don't mean to hang that on Lady Gaga. Yeah, currently Lana Del Rey fans. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Depressed and racist is what I call Lana Del Rey stance. <laughs> you guys know it's been like excruciatingly hot the past few weeks in LA, especially yesterday. And I was driving down Wilshire and I saw a young girl with a Billie Eilish beanie on. And girl, I know you're sweating. I know you're sweating. <laughs> wow. Suffering for standing. Was it the red one? The, it's like the neon ones with her mm. little like logo on it, the person. I have a red one with the person logo and it says Billie on the back. Oh, you do have that hat. Yeah. Shout out iconography. I know. That's what the girls are also missing is like, mm-hmm. just give me a symbol. Give me something to stand. Even if it's a bathroom sign. <laughs> Listen to a lot of music, her music when I was in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Um, I left the beanie with a man there. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. You're a mistake. I bought two. I bought two. Oh, okay, clever. So it was, yeah. it was, I was using it as a romantic gesture, but knew that I had my own already. <laughs> so it was like her with the hiding the green, you know? I love, I love setups. <laughs> was it, did you pretend to forget it there? Was it for this? No, I told him to have it. I told him to have it. That's my favorite way to give gifts. It's like, it was mine prior. I'm in my nice era. I'm in my romantic oh. era. Okay? Mm. I wonder how many moons that will last. <laughs> One time I hooked up with the guy and he's like, I never buy poppers. And then he goes, he goes, but look at this. And just from people having left them there, there was like 15. Anyway, 
Uh, that that image has never left my mind. I don't like that story. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a trove. Anyway, I can't. We've already gone through my weird Vicodin thing, and now the poppers of Sierra Madre. Yes, right. <laughs> But anyway, I was going to say also about Billie Eilish with the blonde hair. What I love about that look is it's not like she is lost in the blonde look. It highlights her specificity. Like you look mm. at her and think, wow, that is still Billie Eilish, but it's such an awesome transformation. It's such a uh, uh, welcome shakeup. She has such a distinct face. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's nice that she's like smiling through this era too, but it's sort of like a wicked smile. Yeah. You know? Guys, she is mm-hmm. gorgeous. She's playing wicked games. And man, is the most dangerous game. <laughs> <laughs> is that a lyric in the Chris Isaac song? No, I mean, it's just, man is the most dangerous game is the quote from the most dangerous game, the book. Oh, okay. Oh. Yes, right. I, I took it to the classics, okay? I took us back to English 101. I was taking you back to v- 1990 music videos with Chris Isaac and Helena Christensen, so you can get on my level. I only remember the American Idol cover of that song. <sighs> Whatever could you boys be talking about? (laughs) Aida, you should see this video. It's called Wicked Game. With what? There was one hot male pop star for a second who had a a low kind of voice like this. (laughs) Chris Isaac. It's really good video. Directed by Herb Ritz, one of the great uh, gay photographers of all time. And then he went on to do a Bond theme. No, he didn't. Didn't he? Chris Isaac. Didn't he? No, I don't think so. Who's the one who sang the one for um? Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell. Listen, I, I'm not going to differentiate Chris's, okay? <laughs> Chris Cornell, may you rest. My God, okay. Okay, but to mourn for a moment, I am going to miss the one we fall, when we all fall asleep, where do we go era, because she was embracing demonic, satanic things. And I, mm-hmm. I just love, I love the era. I was realizing after re-watching, you know, the music video where she drinks the black glass of liquid, and then I rewatched the Yonkers video, Tyler the Creator, and saw the extreme parallels and realized, oh God, she really is a young woman with an obsession for odd future, like we all are. But um, I, I do miss this era of the black eyes and the, the ticks and the Tourette movements, like using it in her choreography. Mm. So we'll see what happens. But. Well, also, additionally, we just talked about how in the Your Power video, she directed it. And I didn't realize she also directed the Everything I Wanted video, which, by mm-hmm. the way, mm-hmm. is one of the darker things you'll ever see in the mainstream music video universe. I mean, yeah. we, we talk about... Her um, ASMR spookiness is sort of a getup, but really, yeah. she does tap into some real mortality pangs, and the suicidal ideation sneaks in there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she is this weird, complicated artist to be so so large, which is always why it's so great to read interviews with her because she is so reasonable. She's like not mm-hmm. even like not only is she rational, but she's not even grandstanding in any way. Mm-hmm. She seems so yeah. comfortable in an odd like I don't know where you got the wisdom. I don't know how you could have gotten to this place. I think she's like She kind of terrifies me. Yeah. yeah. She really does. I think she's like a good artist who's an awesome person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say that um I she has that sort of quality of Gen Z which uh you know, there's always jokes online about millennials versus Gen Z, right? And it's like I've never truly felt that mostly because I'm of that part of the millennial era where I feel like we talk about our emotions too much. There's some of us who shifted into that uh, and talking about like suicide and depression more openly mm-hmm. um, and dark thoughts that you have and some who would rather not. Uh, and like it makes sense that like their biggest pop star is someone who just talks about this shit openly mm-hmm. and mixes it with mm-hmm. like the pop imagery that we were all used to. And I dig it and I love it. And I like your power. 
I do. I think the song is great. A lot of people would say that like it's, you know, her like dipping into like folklore evermore sort of style, but it's really she's sort of giving you like um 2008 Feist, you know? Oh. And that's that sort of like folky pop sort of music. And I just think that like a certain type of person who's used to a certain pop isn't going to find it appealing and it may almost seem like an assault on their senses but if it were like 2008 yeah. she'd just be an indie girl and some people would be like oh you know like yeah I like that indie song she released interesting mm-hmm. the talk singing of feist sort of speaks to me i will say though this song lacks what i think is the signature thing that happens when i listen to a billy eilish song which is even if it's a couple of notes that song is in your head a month. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, bad guy. Like, what kind of bleach did I have to drink to finally get rid of it? <laughs> it never stopped. It's still not away. Everything I wanted, it never goes away. You haven't had try not to abuse your power stuck in your head for days because I have. Really? No. <laughs> I have. I've had that little, that little, like, yeah, that little run stuck in yeah. my head. But your power. <laughs> Go ahead, Billy. I tend to stay away from songs that I guess I would describe as like bucolic. I don't know. Mm. Like it just does not feel like it. I like a tempo. I like drums. I like a beat. So I, those are the Billy songs that I gravitate toward. This song, the imagery and the messaging alone is why I'm going to stay. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I'm not listening to your power. That don't, that don't need to be on in my house ever. But uh-uh. <laughs> her creating an open letter to abusive men. Oh, yeah. Mm. Call me Hannah and Grimes. I appreciate power. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, as you were saying, Aida, it's sort of like, it references her, you know, I think her boyfriend who's in the doc that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Everything's a little blurry. Yeah. Uh, who was 22 when he was dating her? Well, there's been a lot of like speculation about his age, but what I most recently saw was that he's currently 25. Mm. And if Billie Eilish is 19, and in the documentary she's 17, he was my age, 23. Mm-hmm. And that is disgusting to me. Mm-hmm. And there's reverse gender roles in the situation. So uh, there's, it's, it's interesting. But I also have some other complicated opinions about how he was portrayed in the documentary mm-hmm. as a kind of an abusive boyfriend without actually giving us any insight into their relationship. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately what now happens is millions of people dislike a young black man and know nothing about what happened other than mm-hmm. the fact that he was dating Billie Eilish and there is an age discrepancy and potential abuse in the situation. I didn't even really know the age discrepancy or any of the sort of like abusive tones of the relationship until after. You know, you sort of had to dig for them. The documentary was, yes, very sort of very pointed in one light Mm -hmm. towards, you know, her reclaiming her power, you know, or stepping into it. It does open up, you know, talking about um, her directing the video, Lewis. Remember, it opens up with like her on set with a director and then basically Mm. she's walking off like, from now on, I'm directing this shit. I know. And they left the director <laughs> in the video. I was kind yes! of alarmed. I was like, this poor man. <laughs> she, she like, you don't need to know where the bodies are buried with Billie Eilish. She will put them on celluloid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but those had to be decisions by the person who made the film. I think his name is RJ Wilder. He wrote mm-hmm. and directed the film. And I don't, I wonder how much like Billy was like, yeah, put that in there. I want people to know how bad of a director he was. Or if it was more of like a laissez-faire approach to the documentary. But either way, I wish it were longer. And it was two and a half hours long. So that's saying something. Whoa, it's that long? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, yeah. it, it, it was a little long. It's very uh, long. Had an intermission. Which I love and appreciate. I appreciate it. Okay. I got up, went to the bathroom. I got up and got my poppers. <laughs> For a documentary? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Appropriate. Don't act like our friends wouldn't sniff poppers during a documentary, Lewis. 
I'm, no, I'm not saying it's impossible. <laughs> but the way you referenced them just now, it reminded me of Lena Dunham pretending she knew what poppers were. And she's like, God, they made me so hungry. And we're like, all right, well, we discovered you don't know what that is. So Andy, yeah. Andy Cohen and Casey Musgraves looking at her like, girl, what are you on? <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about Billie Eilish's quotes in this uh, interview, though, which I thought were mm. just some of them were so fabulous. Yeah. She's so well-spoken. I don't remember being that eloquent at that age. No, please. She discusses her new look, and she says, her body was the initial reason for my depression when I was younger, uh, which was a situation that worsened when she quit dancing at the age of 13 due to injury. And she added that it made her really offended when people were like, good for her for feeling comfortable in her bigger skin. Jesus Christ, good for me. Fuck off, she sputters with frustration. The more the internet and the world care about somebody that's doing something they're not used to, they put it on such a high pedestal that that it's even worse. Fuck yes. Love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is somebody who like seems to have a dissertation-level understanding of just the internet, which is, I guess, something we can expect from this generation, that yeah. they are mm-hmm. so media-trained, basically. Um, by birth. They see it, you know? It's the same thing with um, Lil Nas X talks about how um, he gets the internet so much more because, like, he was on the other side of that, on the internet culture, like, hurling, like, insults at, like, celebrities and things, you know, like, hate behind a keyboard, and then, like, you flip to the other side of it, you know? And it's, um, I think even JT from City Girls has talked about that, too. It's just, like, there's a generation of younger people who grew up with all of that. Mm-hmm. And, like, how else do you process it? You you have to come through, like, a little bit smarter, right? You yeah. know? And it's sort of repeating those things that, like, Britney would say in a song, you know? But, like, and, like, sort of be still be dragged in interviews, you know? Uh, we just watched that doc, you know? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you think, oh, we've been talking about this for years. And it's like, we might have been, you know? But, like, culture at large was it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so people who would have called, like, Billy, like, who is this whore on this cover, you know? Like, just because <laughs> she's looking, you know, sexy at a corset, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now she's in the interview contextualizing it and being like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. I think I also am angry that there's a new generation of savvy internet users like Billie Eilish who didn't have to go through things like AIM or Kazaa mm. or all the things that now feel so quaint about the internet. Like, I feel like they had to start, like, like Tumblr was step one. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they have a general jadedness and coolness that we do not have because I was too busy writing about my feelings in a dead journal for six years. <laughs> <laughs> I only had a live journal. Mm. Definitely did not really have a Tumblr, though. I, it never interested me. I had a deviant art where I posted art and said, like, uh, just journal entries. That We definitely all had our moment. But I don't want to take away any autonomy from Billie Eilish, but I do want to also credit the amazing support system she has that you see in her documentary, that she still lives in her family home with her mother and father and writes everything with Phineas, and Phineas is there to you know, be a springboard for all of their ideas. And it's just a beautiful setup. You think she still lives there now? I I like to believe that she still lives there, yes. I doubt it. But um, (laughs) They also seem to have a healthy relationship, unlike, I'm sorry to bring up the things I stand, but the Carpenters, the way Mm -hmm. they were a brother and sister duo who like, could only rely on each other for the level of perfectionism that they brought. Like they Mm -hmm. they were so... they needed that trust there in order to make their product, which was, you know, mm-hmm. bursting with perfection. And they require the same precision from each other, but they seem to have a level of real levity. And they're never performing a relationship. Yeah, They're, like, really open about what it is exactly. And that really separates them from the Carpenters. Not that you needed them to be separated. They are very <laughs> different. But um, it's a pleasure to see because the Carpenters' relationship is so particularly fraught because of the sibling dimension. Yeah. Well, you know, he is a Leo and she is a Sagittarius. So 
when those two link up, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> now it makes sense. My God. That's, they literally made burn together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you know, there's just that push and pull of the relationship where it seems like almost like they were cosmically meant to be together. And it's also sort of a taking care of each other mm-hmm. sort of relationship, yeah. you know, because like he he's like the one who's like very rigid about the songwriting and, you know, sort of like mm-hmm. has like a big personality too, uh, which is why, you know, like, he right there on stage next to his sister, singing, you know. Right. Um, but he's producing and making stuff for other people, and she's a person who seems like very like tapped into her emotions in a way too. Um, and they click because he's able to take them in and read them, uh, and they can make great art together. Yeah, uh, I really love their relationship a lot. Me too. Mm-hmm. It's cool to see. Yeah, I'm fully obsessed with Billy. She's someone that I look at her, and it's difficult for me to shy away from the idea that people have purposes in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's just an amazing performer and always wants to give people a good performance. So, yes. And the cover, of course, is Jamila Jamila approved. So, oh, thank God. The seal <laughs> of approval that I need to get through my day. <laughs> we'll get it someday. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, we take some listener calls and dole out our perfectly sound dating advice. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. The sidewalk dining has been popping in Los Angeles, and the parks are overflowing with scantily clad co-eds allegedly working from home. A horny hot boy summer approaches, and which is pretty exciting and anxiety-inducing. But we're here to take your questions about how to get back into the world, start dating, having fun, and we have three people calling in today with needing some desperate advice from the three of us. Oh, my God. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Hello. I love the drama of connecting to audio. I was like, will she connect? No. <laughs> Do we actually get to meet Jenny? <laughs> also, also the train classic Chicago L was going by and I was like, I can't hear anything. Oh my mm. goodness. Oh, we love Chicago. Our advice is move. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what neighborhood do you live in in Chicago? I'm in Lakeview East. Okay. Oh. Okay. Mm. Dope. Yeah. Well, right between Boys Town and Wrigley. Yes. Best of both boys. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait. Do you know my friend Andy Heron who lives right there? I don't. He's a former winner of Big Brother, and you should avoid him. Uh, he okay. is he is a, a mess in a good way. But he lives right. He lives in that gigantic apartment building that's right. Um, the looming one. Yes. Mm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Cool. And he's a scary little cat. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I know about Big Brother is what I've heard from podcasts. I've actually never watched. That's okay. It's <laughs> racist now. So it's don't a watch it. Yeah. 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 Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you do watch something, watch season 10 uh, or 12 um, on CBS. I would say 10. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Jenny, 
We're here. You are not a fan of the apps. Oh yeah. So Go what off. is your question for us? Let's give you some dating advice. Oh, uh, I just feel like I've got some app burnout. I would say, how do I avoid burnout? There's a lot of great people out there. I'm sure. Um, I don't want them to get the worst of me because I'm tired. But um, sometimes, you know, you end up sitting across from someone that is the worst or is having their worst moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, well. Don't think we can get you on Raya um, to meet Ben Affleck, unfortunately, because uh, I feel like you wouldn't get burned out there. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> but um, this is an interesting thing because I, you know, have been, I was on a date recently uh, and we were talking about at burnout. And I think it's because COVID, too, sort of highlighted a thing that we already do with these dating apps, which is that you're, you're not using it really to date in the sense that you're like, I'm looking for someone I want to be with, right? I mean, most people use these apps when they're bored. You're flipping through people. Uh, and then when you do when you, when you do match with someone, it's like, maybe you try and talk to them then, but it's like you're also doing something else, you know? It's very rare that you're just like sitting at home, looking at it, being like, I'm going to have a conversation with this person. And if you decide to do that too, they may be just like typing something as they're like at like the movies or like a concert or something, and then they forget to respond the next day. You know, I think the sure. answer is to set aside some time and like actually be like, I'm going to talk to the people I've matched with. The reason I would get burned out on apps, and I'm only on a, a couple, but I, I concur with you, is that it's the repetitiveness of the conversations you have. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I am more likely to stay engaged if I inject specificity in some way. Mm-hmm. If I immediately get into finding out something about them that is unusual. And, th- and like, by the way, that is hard. And also like... A skill you can't always use. Like sometimes like the conversation is going to be boring or it's going to be commonplace or whatever. Mm. But I feel like the minute I get into a conversation where someone, whatever, sees like right behind me, there's a poster of the actress Sandy Dennis. If someone sees that and goes, oh my God, you see Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf with Tracy Letts in Chicago? And I'm like, I sure did. And Carrie Coon played Honey. Like already the conversation (laughs) is moving in a way that- Who is having that conversation. Me, Lewis. Lewis. Suitors. <laughs> suitors. The people who want to be with Lewis. Don't you use that. Don't use Oprah against me. <laughs> yeah. Where after that, were you blocked or were you blocked it? <laughs> <laughs> My advice to Jenny is very simple. You simply have to dissociate. You have to. <laughs> you cannot be yourself. Yeah, I think that my like my my biggest dating advice is I always go in first date. What's your childhood trauma? <laughs> I don't have time. I don't care what your favorite color is. We need to get mm-hmm. to the nitty gritty. Okay, but that means I have to deal with mine. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, I'm gonna so ask that some, question, I have to be prepared to answer it. <laughs> do some alchemy. Do some healing prior, and then. Mm. Go in straight for the attack. I just don't have time yeah. for the riff raff anymore because I feel like I get tired, especially when I have to, like Lewis is saying, learn someone's favorite animal multiple mm-hmm. times. Like how many times can I say dolphin and then make a dolphin noise and get a slight giggle and then end the date? Like I'm not, I, we don't need to do that anymore. Just, just fast forward through it. Or, or here are the questions I also have. What apps are you on? Mm-hmm. See, that's like really, I think that's an important question. It's like the platform you're using. I am currently only on Hinge. And I was persuaded to re-download J-Swipe, which is mm. the most depressing app in this area. I don't know what happened to the Jewish mm-hmm. community in Chicago, but that app is not where they're at, um, or at least where the chosen ones should be. Mm. I'm only using Hinge at the moment just because I felt like the swiping ones were really just like too immediate for my needs or how mm. I was going to actually like end up interacting with them. 
I've been single for a minute now. And I feel like I would re-download the swiping ones when I got drunk, which was like mm. not yes. cyclical, not good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, also like not fair to those other people. Also, you see people on the same apps and I'm like, you match me- with me on one. Why aren't you talking mm. to me on the other? Yeah. The consistency. Yeah. I'm like, I, I agree with the, with the unique conversation. I actually went on a date with someone. My, my friend recently convinced me we were on a, we did a little road trip to Joshua Tree and she recently convinced me, let's do two date quota a month. Like, let's just get out there, go on two dates a month. Cause we can always find a reason not to like meet someone in person. That's easy. So trying to like kind of get over ourselves and just meet them in person. Um, this guy was literally so cringe and was just like the typical, all the like fake questions you ask someone who's talking to me about the office. And I was like, sure. Uh, like the office, like who cares? Absolutely not. We didn't even want to talk to Ed Helms about the office last week. Right. No, didn't even come up. No. <laughs> Not relevant anymore. And I did match with someone who I thought was amazing. He was like, let's wait a week till the weather gets better so we can so you can have your second shot. We can date outside. I was like, amazing. That's great. He never followed up. So I made the plans. The day of the date, he was like, I'm, he sent a very sweet text saying, like, I just went on a third date with someone. I want to see where things are going. I don't want to lead you on if things get serious. That person, I was like, that was really sweet. And it's like very reassuring that those people are out there, that there's like good nuggets within mm-hmm. all of that. But they're taken. They're taken. If yeah. I had like, okay. gone on the week, the week before, would that have been me on the third date? Like the timing. So Jenny, what you need to do, download a new app, go straight <laughs> to the trauma, be interesting. Don't ask people how their day was. You don't care. Mm-hmm. We don't care. They don't. don't care. And if they do care, they suck. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. They do. I'll ask them what they need to keep. What, what is their <laughs> yeah, tell them to listen to keep it. You know, that's our advice. <laughs> I think you guys should open a dating app. I think that would be... Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, Jenny from Chicago, thank you for being here. What a pleasure. I love you guys so much. Yeah, have a great day. Oh, thank you, Jenny. Thanks, Jenny. I hope you guys come and do a live show here soon so I can come see it. Oh, that'd yes. be my dream. Aww. Yes. Yes. Enjoy your lay weather. Thank you. <laughs> Hi there. Hello. Hi. Sam, uh, you just moved to New York and you've forgotten how to date. Yeah. Hi, Sam. Move from where? Right. Okay. So I spent a few years after college in DC, uh, and then I moved to London for graduate school. Cheers. What? Cheers. <laughs> Love London. Should have stayed there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, I have a terrible British accent. Please don't make me do it. Um, <laughs> well, it don't stop Ira. Yeah. Don't stop Ira. <laughs> did Did you hear mastery so. in that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I because I was kind of jumping around from city to city over the last you know, three or four years, I didn't really like put down any roots. And I, I like dated casually, but I not in like a, a long-term thing. And now I'm, you know, setting down roots in New York and hoping to find a long-term relationship. And I don't know how to do that. And I would mm. love your help. I, well, I have to say I've only spent, I, I, I did three months in New York when I worked on uh, Billy on the street years ago. And, a New Yorker. <laughs> right. Here I am. Um, and I didn't understand this after years of living in LA, but New York makes me want to date because it, Mm. there's, there's just a sense of a lark every time you leave the house. So if you meet somebody, it's like already a romantic, you're, you're, you're part of a, an exciting grid in which anything could happen, whatever. I'm a Pollyanna, but, um, (laughs) I feel like you're talking about something that like the way you're phrasing it, you're like, this sounds impossible, but I feel like it, it will just happen. I'm, I, I don't understand what's holding you back in a way. There's so many men in New York. Uh, so I'm, I'm from the suburbs. Uh, so John Lovett and I are basically the same person. We're both five, seven queer Jews from the suburbs. 
Um, oh, mm-hmm. Wow. Don't repeat that. Don't repeat that to people. Yeah, you're the same person as John <laughs> Lovett. Don't draw parallels. Maybe you should, maybe you should leave. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, no, but uh, I mean, part of it is like, I've also never had a long-term relationship in my adulthood. And so I also don't know how to do that. I, I love going on dates. Like mm-hmm. I, a lot of people are anxious about it. I kind of love it, but I don't know how to transition from like, you know, casually dating to a long-term relationship or even beginning like a dating process with the goal of a mm. long-term relationship. Mm. Stop like deciding who you are and your personality is someone who is incapable of dating or incapable of having those relationships or even starting those relationships because that's going to come naturally to you. Mm-hmm. Like you you are not defined by that. Um, I would I like to think we're not defined by our past because I am a kleptomaniac, if that's the case. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> just keep it. Same girl, okay? Keep me out of H&M. <laughs> on Michigan <laughs> Avenue. Let me get close to a Forever 21. I'm on every back lounge board. So <laughs> just 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 know that trust your intuition. You're going to be fine once you when we get to go outside again fully and get to be around people that you're naturally going to be meeting people and ready to have those conversations and don't be excited to fall into something long term just because you're yearning for it. Mm-hmm. We don't need that. We don't need that stability yet. We're about yeah. to be hoes this summer. Okay. And you won't join us. So hoe around for a little bit until you find somebody that you're like, okay, I guess I can talk to you for longer than a couple sex sessions. Maybe. I would say, I also, <laughs> just the way you're describing getting into this, you sound like somebody who is very interested in people. So I feel like you would naturally, on a date, like, you, I, I know you just said you, you like the initial parts of dating, but I feel like being interested in somebody for, for who they are is all you need to do. I, I don't know. I, 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 again, I don't see anything hold, holding you back, one. Just the Harry Potter shirt. That's oh, it. True, the, true. The, something's going on here. It says yes. Hermione, and I did get scared. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's all the black characters in Harry Potter. Oh, oh. No. wait, I how? See. Well, Hermione's black in the play. She's yeah, black her, in the Hermione's play. black in the play. Oh, oh we got to go across different was... mediums to understand the chart. Too confusing. <laughs> <laughs> That's your problem, Ira. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, Sam. You we sound like her. the one with the problem, Sam. <laughs> That's why you're calling in. <laughs> Uh, anyway, back to, back to me. Right. <laughs> back Sam, to you. you I think you got it, baby. I think, I think you, got you got it. it you know, Sam. chat these people up, and don't go into it thinking that this is going to be your husband. You know, like d- don't do that. Bisexual. Um, that too. Much prefer that. Don't date men. I am terrified of men. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. Um, to stay away from them. <laughs> that's that's the plan. But yeah, I I think part of it is just. I don't think anyone knows what socializing is going to look like uh, after people start to do it. I'm I'm fully vaxxed, which is great, but just a little nervous about what kind of the world looks like, what dating looks like, what meeting a new person looks like mm-hmm. uh, in, in the year 2021. You know what, though? That's something that actually makes me excited for dating is navigating the the weirdness navigating mm-hmm. like this is a very particular moment there's nothing like it in the past 20 years barely anything like it in the past 100 years so i think in embracing the uh strangeness is going to be rad mm-hmm. that's my feeling it's midsummer night's dream okay like puck has he has mesmerized everybody it's just time to have <laughs> fun and I'm sure there's like a hot Carrie Bradshaw that was working during the Spanish flu that we can go find and see if she has some like <laughs> advice yes. about how to post pandemic date. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure it's somewhere. We can find it for you, Sam. I'll get it sent your way. Typhoid Mary Bradshaw. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. No. 
<laughs> no, Lewis, that was very good. I want to give you your credit. Thanks, very, very good. <laughs> the Roaring Twenties were wild, so hopefully shit's going to get weird this summer. Yeah. yeah. Roost your knees and roll your stockings down. That's our <laughs> advice. <laughs> <laughs> And Thanks, pray Sam. and pray there's not like a yeah a, a a Black Friday upon us after that or whatever that Black Monday afterwards. Okay. The Great Depression, etc. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, well, inevitable. Thank you, Sam, for being here. Thank you all so much for the thank advice. You. I'm gonna go out and get weird. Okay. Please do. Have fun. All right. Bye. Now bring in our last one. <laughs> this is for you, Lewis. Hi. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hello. Hi guys. My Barry's friend. Yes. This is yeah. Last up we have Royce. Royce who lives with me. It was easier than coming upstairs uh, for me because sometimes I just don't feel like doing that much work. Um, first of all, Aida, so nice to meet you. I'm like a huge yeah, hello. Hi. fan. Um, I feel like I know you. I've just heard so much now at this point. <laughs> this is the natural step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels good. Um, yeah, so I, my question is, uh listen we're all trying to be uh sluts this summer Mm -hmm. oh yeah you're on to me you're the only one who's come on who wants to be really (laughs) these other two these other two were looking for love oh no see i was at (laughs) one of my first gatherings um you know since all you know the friends were vaxxed and all of that very recently uh and there was like fresh Mm -hmm. meat for the first time and i heard one of my friends through the door when he was asking about me say well no royce isn't worth it um which like you know he didn't what? He, he didn't mean that in a total kind of way like as far as judging my character he was being fair because i am a bit of a sheep in wolves clothing when it comes to you know like presenting myself as uh as more freewheeling than i am and so i'm trying to hoe it up mm. this year but i realized part of the problem is how do we as friends specifically queer friends specifically queer roommates because we're going to be bringing these people home uh sometimes to support each other in our quest to be these monsters because like i realize what's holding me back is just judgment sometimes and part of that is my deal to get over but part of that is like us just changing our language and letting each other kind of become monsters how do we do that with each other well i, I want to get into the judgment really quickly like yeah. what do you think is the judgment I think that we've all got, okay, we're all on our journey, right? To make up for our lost, like, sexual, um, you know, uh, adolescence. Mm-hmm. And we've all got our specific scars that maybe allow us to channel that in unhealthy ways. And we can see it very clearly in other people if we can't see it in ourselves. And we're going to, like, make that a big narrative for them, right? Like, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna say, your thing is that you're frigid. Or your thing is that, like, you have no <laughs> self-respect. Um, you can see it so clearly. But, like... Say Lewis and Aida when you, when you want to say that. Just say respectively Lewis and Aida. Frigid is one of my favorite words, by the way. It's so like something in like a 60s movie about, you know, like teens. And yeah, I hear she's frigid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that seems to be the implication in what, I, in what I heard about myself, right? But like if I become just a big old whore overnight, I know like that's going to be a whole new thing. And I just think that we're entering this period where we got to cut, cut each other some slack. Mm. I just don't think based on what you've just said and of course Royce you're my friend I know who you are yeah. I feel like you will have a, a short wave of sluttiness and then also like go back from that for a little while I can't imagine you're going to sustain like a months long sluttathon I just don't see that you think I care too much that's not who you are you do care too much um, but you know I think you have to forgive yourself for wanting to connect with someone and then like not have it drag on you know right. i think i th- think maybe you you're a person who unlike a lot of 
men in the city, uh, feels that sort of badness of like, oh my God, I just had sex with this person. Like, what, do I need to like hang out with them again? Talk to them again? Yeah. You don't. I don't do it. Some of that too is ego, right? Where I'm like, oh my God, like what are they expecting from me? Maybe they don't care. Like maybe it wasn't that like incredible mm. for them, you know? Maybe like the responsibility is not on my shoulders. I feel like I want you to have a half slutty summer and then also date somebody through it. Like I want you to have three months of like, uh, like you, you date some, go on like seven dates with somebody and it like rises in sensitivity throughout. But then you also get your life because there's, I mean, it's just going to be like, you know, ass Olympics this summer. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I want the same for you, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. Can we be accountability partners? Oh, this that? isn't about me. OK, no, first yeah. of all, I don't, I, don't want, I don't want anything for Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Ira knows I'm going to take care of him. I've got my Jane Fonda shirts. Yeah. I'm fine. Lewis doesn't need help finding men. OK. <laughs> but thank you, Ira. I think. Yes. Let me tell you, in the before times, you Aida, you walk into a bar, and five seconds later, Lewis is making out with some man you've never seen. Oh, I can't wait to see it in, in action. I want to see the, the whoredom live. But that's why I want to be a little bit. You know, like can mm. we can we just trade a little bit of our vibes? See, Royce, can I be honest with you? Just meeting you now. Yeah. I first of all, I'm struggling with your question because I've never experienced um, shame, so I don't know <laughs> right. how to feel. I don't know if this. Are you asking us for advice, or are you verbalizing this so that you you feel like there is a world where you can just parade people in and out of the home without feeling any embarrassment about it? Like, are you saying this for mm. yourself? Because I have a feeling. I was not going to judge you. Yeah. We're not going to judge you. Only you are worried about judging you. And also, like, you've recognized... I judge all the time. Well, I... But I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's... I'm, I'm also feeling like... I'm also feeling like there's subterfuge in this question because he knows, as a person who... Um, I, I feel like I am a hoe on the down low. I, I don't do it publicly. Um, but I feel this... I'm always like, I don't want anybody knowing who's coming to the house. And I try to usher them out quickly mm. which is wild for me because like i'm you know like i think it's great i that's again like i i want to i want to be able to do that i want to be able to have fun and not treat it like a big deal like all the time yeah i i left yeah. catholicism behind a long time ago this isn't much of a struggle for me yeah. but, but did like, it leave you really right yeah. that's true that's it's it's on my mind <laughs> now that you mention it <laughs> I will try to be your Kelly LeBrock in Weird Science and help you step into being a sexy whore. I either cracked it. No, this was just, I wanted to get you to agree to that on the air. Yeah. Oh, can y'all disagree right here? Like, because my equivalent to this is like when my roommate sees me bring a man home, like, like, bitch, what, weren't you just gay tweeting yesterday? And I'm like, well, it's a spectrum. <laughs> and then, I mean, listen, my general consensus is get the fag out my house. I don't want to see that. Oh, no. uh, particularly in the light of day oh ex no excuse me lots of hours in the night you can get going yeah. yeah mostly i just don't want to hear that mm. but we're separated mm. by a floor so it's fine oh true. it's fine Royce, parade them in be a hoe be a mm. hoe just do it and if you need help and you need to get them out i will come with a large fire blanket i'll wrap it around their body and i will uh, like escort them out of the home oh please need, like, <laughs> yeah if you need extra support i'll get you like a firefighter yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, I will lastly say, though, you did not tell me someone said that you weren't worth it. And we will talk about who that was after this podcast. And I will, <laughs> and I will kill them. I'm genuinely not angry about it. They, they I don't care. I'm contest. angry. Okay. I'm angry. Oh, I love this. I'm angry. It's my job to be angry. Also, Royce, your hair looks so cute. Oh, my God. Thank you. Like, I, 
yours as well always is perfect and i like what you've done with your plays now oh thank you you mean anything yes i have done some yeah <laughs> <laughs> this compassion from ira is unique and sweet yeah that's enough I of that it. anyway royce <laughs> love you go back to whatever it is you're doing downstairs okay. <laughs> goodbye <laughs> <laughs> bye guys bye royce. bye royce so nice to meet you well, that was so sweet to have Royce on the show finally because, you know, he's listened to every episode. Um, and um, it was – I felt like John Lovett with having him calling in, being on the show while I'm also here because I feel like Ronan's just constantly guesting on Love It or Leave It now. Oh, yeah. He's like Gladys Kravitz, just like leaning into frame yeah. with a rolling pin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe the listeners liked it. Now we just need like a occurring roommate segment. Mm. Anyway. Enjoy. <laughs> Anyway, when we're back, keep it. And we're back with our favorite segment of the episode. It is keep it. What's everyone's keep it this week? Because you know, I've already prepped for my keep it. So I'm going to go last. All right. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going off the fly here because I was going to do a Billie Eilish related thing, but I realized she doesn't deserve the whole episode. So You don't want to get blocked by her too. I know. I know. <laughs> this, I have to preserve this relationship. I love her too much. <laughs> but I don't know if we saw most recently, and I'm going to keep this one light because I think we all know how I feel about white men and their hair decisions. Mm. But um, I know who you're talking about. A young chipper, Justin Bieber just escaped from Jamaica. Don't know where he was at, but has full dreadlocks now. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to have a cultural appropriation conversation anymore, but I think we have to, this is, this is a put a pin in it, keep it. This is a, I'm already disgusted, but if he continues to go on and make like Rasta, Afrobeat music, we're going to have to revisit this. Okay, we're going to have to revisit mm -hmm. this. So, um, yeah, again, like Keep It. It is a preemptive Keep It because I don't have much to say about it yet, but I am fully disgusted by the visuals. I don't know why he looks like Jack Black in I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, but... <laughs> wow, good reference. Good reference. Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> is wild. It's, the, the, here's my thing about white people with dreads. Black people with dreads, you know, like, it's usually about hair care. You know, you, it takes a lot of upkeep mm -hmm. for the lots, you know? Every time I see a white person in dreads, they just look so dirty. He looks dirty in these photos. Yeah, he looks filthy, and he looks like a matted cat. Like, there's no reason. When I think about my friends who have locks and the difficulty, like, the extent they have to go to to preserve them, clean them, allow them to form, sometimes reform. Mm. Look at a Kodak Black. Sometimes, you know, there's tighter locks. I cannot even imagine what Justin Bieber had to go through to get his hair to mat up like that, his silky smooth hair, to achieve any type of lock. That hair is not designed for that because it's like you have to do so much contorting to get it into that. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that like, I'm extra mad at him for doing this because I do not ever want to have a conversation about cultural appropriation again. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm done. We're, it's 2021. <laughs> I thought we were fucking done. We've been there. We've done that road. What? <laughs> You know who I was oddly, um, at the time, somewhat forgiving of for having dreadlocks? Do you remember Ani DeFranco, the uh, indie singer? She had dreadlocks for a while. Mm. And I don't know, when you're that indie, like, and you have an, uh, a record label called Righteous Babe, I'm willing to forgive certain things. I don't know. Okay, Liz Lemon. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about um, uh, Justin Bieber's uh, dreadlocks last week, and I will repeat my 
wisdom about him, which is Coachella is not a country. You can't be from there. <laughs> <laughs> I get my peaches in Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I'm still mad. We'll see, though. We'll see. Um, my keep it is twofold. They're both very quick. Uh, number one, I unfortunately am going to say keep it to this Olivia Wilde movie. And by the way, Olivia Wilde has been on this show. Could not have been cooler. Among the cooler people we've met. Unfortunately, she's doing a biopic of Carrie Strug with uh, Thomas and Mackenzie from the movie Leave No Trace as Carrie Strug. I'm just in this space where I'm a little sick of... The um, Ryan Murphy, OJ, Versace, I, Tanya kind of put a spin on a gigantic cultural 90s moment and come up with something woke thing that we're doing. I find it a little contrived, generally speaking. And I don't know what the angle to Carrie Strug is other than she almost broke her leg and then landed the vault. I just don't know what else there is there. <laughs> there should be a movie about Dominique Dawes. That was the gymnast from that team I was most obsessed with. Or Dominique mm. Mochianu, who I believe was three foot seven mm. and eventually divorced her parents, which is my favorite thing a child star can do. Or a biopic of Diane Carroll playing Dominique Devereaux. Oh, sure. On Dynasty. We can go down the entire Dominique. Dominique Dunn, I still want to know more about that crazy fucking story. Anyway. <laughs> I want to know about men named Dominique. Yeah. There was one I went to middle school with, yeah. and, I, and I was always like, damn. They bully me because I'm a faggot, but yeah, your name is a faggot. But what <laughs> Your parents named you a faggot. Yeah. <laughs> Confusing. Um, but also, this is not to anyone in particular on Twitter, but something I just see quite a lot where, let's say, someone like Casey Musgraves or Billie Eilish, for example, posts like a, a gorgeous picture and then a gay guy responds... I, I identify as a Kinsey six, but even I might go in for this one. Like, you're so hot, I have to comment on your fuckability, or you're so hot, I have to act like a horrible straight man. And they think it's like giving them some sort of cool credibility, mm. but there's something that's like, one, a little gay shamey about it, and then two, just reminds me of like, in college, the gay guy who's like grabbing his friend's boobs just because, which is like the gauchest, grossest, yeah. still and most invasive thing you can be. It's like, Stop acting like a horrible straight guy because you think it gives you some cachet as a gay man. It's incorrect. So um, just don't like that at all. Word, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, One Night in Miami. <laughs> uh, so my keep it this week goes to the new buzzword of the moment. Mm. Chuggy. Oh, to uh, great. Keep it necessary. Necessary. It doesn't even sound right in your mouth. No, it's a bad word. Yes. <laughs> so we learned about this from um, roving reporter Taylor Lorenz in the New York Times. Um, two things which are definitely chuggy themselves. <laughs> um, but it's basically a word that means it's describing things that are basic, you know? It's like millennials who are into things like minions. Um, what? <laughs> you know? Or like into like rosé all day, you know? Or like wearing millennial pink, you know? It's like we've, we've, we've had words for this before, but um, this one comes from a 24-year-old woman in Los Angeles, some sorority girl, white, posted it to her TikTok. My friends and I have come up with this word, chuggy, to describe this. Let me tell you something. Can y'all go back to stealing our slang? Because when if this is, if this if this is what white people come up with when they make their own slang, I don't want it. 
the word itself is the definition of the word. It's like it's weird to say. It makes no sense. Yeah. Has no etymology, it seems like. I'm just like a root. I'm like a like root form. Like I need to know where the word is coming from. Like Shakespeare's <laughs> rolling over right now. Like I don't, I don't appreciate it. The article went to great pains to describe how we need this word because there's no word in this space. And it's like it's describing someone who's basic and also a little bit out of date, mm-hmm. too. You can't just say whack, damn yeah, you whack. Yeah, whack, yeah, lame, yeah. I, I yeah. guess lame's a bad word now. Um, yeah, I just was not understanding the hunger for a word in this space. And also, I just cannot stand saying the word. It's a horrible word to say. I like a washed. I'll always say a washed before a chuggy, but I guess that really just means kind of old. Hmm. Also, they were like, Here's, here are some things that aren't chuggy. And they're like, making your own clothes. The fuck? In order to not be chuggy, I have to get a hot glue gun and put some sequins on these jeans? The fuck I will. Listen here. It says Birkenstocks aren't chuggy, and it's like, yes, they okay, are. is this for the white Rastas then? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, um, my real take is that just like white people policing other white people is always good in my book. <laughs> so I'm fine that they're doing that and dragging one another, but I'm not putting up with this word, you know? Mm-mm. Whatever's not chuggy is basically whatever trend they just appropriated from black people that we stopped using months ago anyway. So <laughs> go be over there. I also just feel like because now people know of this word from a New York Times article that any reference to it at all is exactly the thing they're describing. Yes. So in a way, the word is not, has now canceled itself in a strange st- yes. way. A word in the New York Times, uh, it's like, ooh, look at what we just discovered. And it's also like another entry in... Um, Taylor's TikTok beat for the New York Times, which there's really nothing cool about watching TikToks and then writing up trend pieces about what the cool kids are saying on TikTok in like (laughs) the paper of record in the gray lady. Like that's not cool. It's actually very chuggy. You know how Mr. Wilson from Dennis the Menace always has a newspaper? I'm now picturing him reading about chuggy and like like blowing on his pipe and um, really taking it all in. Who the fuck is learning about this word and using it now via this way? Because it's for older people to explain it to them. And by the you know, like you're already like, you, you, it's, it's so weird to see this specific brand of reporting doing what white people have done for years, you know, when they'd find like a black slang word. And then it's like, this is what woke means or, you know, any other word, you know, like there'd always be an article being like, this is what this means. We're saying this word is over. And black people are like, well, you know, I didn't think it was over because I still use it, but mm-hmm. I'm glad it's over. I'm glad it's over for you, Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> On fleek. <laughs> On fleek. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> fleek. They ran into the ground. They really beat on fleek to death more than 90 sitcom writers did the word jiggy. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I feel like we're now at the at the age of the word fleek on fleek where it should be in a CBS multicam title. Like, Irene on fleek coming to Thursday. <laughs> yes, yeah. It could come back. It, it could come back to it. It could come uh, back ironically now into the lexicon. Yeah. I'm ready. Well, I don't chuggy choose you. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it's a bad word. It's a bad word. It's awful to say. Doesn't roll off the tongue. No. Has no flavor. It's flavorless. Right. Mm-mm. I don't want to say it. It's baked unseasoned chicken. That implies it's healthy, which I don't believe it is either. So Healthy for whom? Protein deficient people. Yeah. I mean, but unseasoned? Yeah. Seasoning's healthy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Seasoning gives you melanin. 
and melanin gives you wings. You don't sound like a scientist right now, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you again to our Keep It listeners for calling in for our awful advice, uh, but also good. Follow it. Uh, thank you to Jason Conception for joining us, and that's our show. We'll see you next week. Keep It is a Cricket Media production. The show is produced by Caroline Reston, and Brian Semmel is our associate producer. Our executive producer is Ira Madison III. I think I've heard of him. Our editor is Bill Lance, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thank you to our digital team, Matt DeGroote, Narmel Konian, and Milo Kim for production support every week. Stay safe. Be blessed. God loves you. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.